right, so here we are, episode seven. Um, this week, we're gonna, oh wait, maybe I should say who we are and what the hell is going on. So, <laughs> this is Sadcast, the Sad Mank podcast, uh, where we talk about stories, art, and design, um, and other weird stuff. I'm Jackie Hoffer. I'm Stu Pop. And uh, this week, we're gonna talk about computer engineer Barbie, <laughs> as well as have a guest on one of our Sad Mag uh, photographers and friends of the magazine, Caria Gray. She's going to talk about um, a recent trip that she took to Malcolm Island, which was inspired by the suburbia issue of Sad Mag. And then in the third segment, we're going to chat about, because uh, it's the beginning of December, and uh, even though it's been a long time since both of us were probably students, it's kind of like always creeps back up again that it's procrastination season. <laughs> So lots of our listeners and also myself, actually, I am taking a class this fall and, you know, I have one paper due. It's a class that I love and I just can't get my shit together to write it <laughs> and I've already gotten an extension. So we wanted to talk most creative, most outlandish, most bizarre procrastination tales, tips and tricks uh, in the final segment. So stick around for that. And um, yeah, anything you wanted to say off the top, Stu? Any... No, let's dive in. Let's talk about uh, feminist hacker barbie yeah exactly well i want to start off with actually you know what what i really want to say before we really totally dive in is that um both Stu and myself would really like to be having a conversation about the burnaby protests the kinder morgan pipeline and all of that stuff um but it seems really important to to us or to the podcast to be able to have some native voices some indigenous voices to help us talk through some of the like more complex, more systemic issues that are going on. And we're just um, working on trying to get someone who is um, willing to be interviewed. So it's um, it's taking us a little while, but we didn't want to just dive in um, without being able to kind of get a bigger conversation going. So look for that for in the next podcast, hopefully, if we can, if we can manage to get that together and we'll just see how the story develops. Um, and hopefully get get a nice conversation going. So look forward to that in a future podcast. But in the meantime, um, fucked up weirdo original Mattel version of computer engineer Barbie. So I know we're a little bit behind the curve on this. We're about the analysis, not about the newsworthiness here on this podcast. And um, this there's a book that was released um, recently. And I, I understand it to be part of a series and it's it's called The Barbie, I Can Be, and it's like dot, 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 and then it's got a bunch of different jobs. And there's one where she's a computer engineer. So on the surface of it, it seems like, oh, great, you know, finally, <laughs> Barbie can be a computer engineer. Like, yeah. yay. She's a computer engineer. The book pretty much has zero understanding what a computer engineer does. Totally. It's like kind of a graphic designer is what they've described her as. Like a yeah, shitty may, graphic maybe designer. A, maybe a game designer who doesn't know code, which is really weird. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I would like to actually read a few passages from the book, which um, we'll put links to this if you haven't found it. It shouldn't be that hard to find it if you just Google it. But basically, Gizmodo picked up... Um, this individual woman, Pamela Ribbons, um, kind of private blog post about it. And so I think Gizmodo had the kind of main sort of lift of this story, uh, in which many of the pages of the book are also featured, or perhaps even all of them. <laughs> are you looking at the Gizmodo page too? I could be Barbie oh. and you could be Skipper, or like I could be Barbie and Skipper and you could be the narrator. <laughs> Sure. I'll narrate this. <laughs> okay. Which uh, which one do you want to start right off from the top? Yeah, let's just 
fucking read the whole thing. I think it'll be really funny. So I'll be okay. Barbie and Skipper. At breakfast one morning, Barbie is already hard at work on her laptop. What are you doing, Barbie? Asks Skipper. I'm designing a game that shows kids how computers work. Explains Barbie. You can make a robot puppy do cute tricks by matching up colored blocks. I don't really like that Barbie voice, but anyway, go on. Oh no, then I go on. Your robot puppies. I fucked up the voices. Your robot puppy is so sweet. Says Skipper. Can I play your game? I'm only creating the design ideas. Barbie says, laughing. <laughs> I'll need Stevens and Brian's help to turn it into a real game. So, yeah. <laughs> Keep, well, well, well problematic there. Yeah, it's well, super just, problematic. Yeah. Keep reading, keep reading. Okay. Push through. So Barbie needs the boys' help to code. She decides to email her designs to Steven, but suddenly her screen starts blinking. That's weird, says Barbie. Barbie and Skipper try to reboot the computer, but nothing happens. Looks like you've got a virus, big sister, says Skipper. <laughs> Luckily, I wear my flash drive on a necklace so that I'll always remember to back up my work, replies Barbie. May I borrow your laptop, Skipper? Asks Barbie as she follows her little sister into the bedroom. I really should finish my homework assignment. I'm writing about a person I admire, says Skipper. I only need it for a minute, adds Barbie. Okay, says Skipper. <laughs> oh, God. So... Keep yeah, this, I mean, this is... Do you want to keep Please. going? Oh, I, my God, we like have to. No, no, no. It keeps getting funnier to me. Okay. <laughs> Please. When Barbie puts her flash drive into Skipper's laptop, the screen starts blinking. Oh, no! Says Barbie. The virus must be on the flash drive. I forgot to back up my homework assignment. Really, it's really confusing now that I don't have different voices. I forgot to back up my homework assignment. Cries Skipper. And all my music files are lost, too. Fuck you, Barbie. Side note, I didn't realize that Barbie and Skipper were sisters. Did I miss the memo? <laughs> I don't know. I just thought they were friends. Uh, no, because Skipper uh, was always like the younger. I know, but I just thought they were, well, whatever. Anyway, I always felt like Barbie was just kind of her own woman. Uh, I'm so sorry, Skipper. Says Barbie. <laughs> I have to run off to school now, but I promise I'll... I promise to find a way to fix your laptop. You better! Skipper replies as she playfully hits Barbie with a pillow. <laughs> Here's what sort of confused me. Like, is Barbie a computer engineer or is she a student? It's weird to me. Yeah. Or is she a computer engineering student? Yeah. I mean, basically, that seems like what it is. I also never thought of Barbie as, like, university age. Yeah. Well, she gets, I mean... The number of Isn't jobs. Isn't she, though? Like, because she, I mean, I guess she's a grown-up, but to me, she was always, like, in high school. Oh, really? I always thought that she was supposed to be, like, mid-twenties. Yeah, I guess. Who was somehow brilliant enough to be Dr. Barbie or Paleontologist Barbie. Yeah. After she figured out math. <laughs> this is definitely a throwback to the math Barbie controversy. Um, okay, finish it up. We're almost there. Barbie makes it to computer class just before the bell rings. As soon as class begins, Barbie raises her hand. Yes, Barbie? Asks Miss Smith, the teacher. <laughs> if your computer gets a virus and crashes, how can you retrieve all the files you lost? Asks Barbie. 
Well, first you remove the hard drive from the crashed computer. Explains, Miss. <laughs> then you hook it up to another computer. But won't the other computer get the same virus that made your computer crash? Ask Barbie. Not if the computer has good security software installed, says Miss Smith. Good security software protects your computer from catching a virus. We're almost done. Yeah, this book was brought to you by Norton. <laughs> exactly, I know. Slash like the Syrian electronic army. Yeah, who... Uh, totally hacked CBC today. <laughs> yes. It was an interesting attempt me. to read an article about <laughs> Jurassic World. <laughs> I was reading about the um, someone get arrested, getting arrested on them on, on in Burnaby, but I was like, "Damn it!" I'm glad it didn't do anything though, or it didn't seem to do anything. <laughs> okay, let's yeah. blow through this. All right. After class, Barbie meets with Stephen and Brian in the library. Hi, guys. Says Barbie. I tried to send you my designs, but I ended up crashing my laptop and Skipper's too. <laughs> I need to get back the lost files and repair both our laptops. It will go faster if Brian and I help, offers Stephen. Great! Says Barbie. Stephen, can you hook up, hook Skipper's hard drive up to the library's computer? Sure, says Stephen. The library computer has excellent security software to protect it. <laughs> Which is so bullshit. <laughs> yeah. It's the most bullshit. Anyway, go on. Yeah, the, uh, the state-of-the-art library computers. I've got Skipper's assignment from the hard drive, exclaimed Stephen. Fantastic! Says Barbie. And her other files as well? I've got everything, says Stephen. Now let's retrieve the files from your hard drive. Both laptops will be good as new in no time. The next morning, Barbie gets her sister gives her sister a big surprise. Skipper turns on her laptop, and it works. My last assignment. Right, Skipper. <laughs> you are just too cool, Barbie. You fixed my computer and saved my homework. Skipper gives Barbie a huge hug. At school, Skipper presents her assignment to the class. Hi, everybody. The person I admire most is Barbie, a great sister and a great computer engineer. Everyone is impressed by Skipper's presentation. Oh, Keep, it's the last page. Oh, there's one more. There's, yeah. more. there's, there's more. one more. At computer class, awful. Barbie awful. presents the game she designed. Ms. Smith is so impressed that she gives Barbie extra credit. <laughs> Barbie's terrific skills have saved the day for both sisters. I guess I can be a computer engineer, says Barbie happily. Oh my god. Honestly, I dated a wonderful person who worked for Hasbro for a couple years, and mm -hmm. it was her job to make the copy that went on games. And they went to great lengths to try to make their copy as like, progressive and interesting and like sort of gender neutral where possible and like relationship neutral like they 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 were very thoughtful and progressive i'm not saying that hasbro always nailed it but like mm -hmm. a lot of really smart people spent like who are really goofy and interesting spent a lot of time working on this and it just blows my mind that 
probably at Mattel, like a group of people had to put this together and get it approved and make it and print it and distribute it. And like, it's so horrendous. Like, it's so fucking awful. Super bad. It's, I, mean, I would never. I feel like there had to have been at least one person like, hey, maybe Barbie should solve her problem. Right? Like, it's, yeah. and also, first of all, like, like, okay, wait, like, she made a game. So that does, like, that's not what computer engineers do. And no. also, like, she steals credit from the boys for fixing the computer, which is also <laughs> weird. And I, I just, I don't know. Like, I just. I'm flummoxed. I'm flabbergasted. Anyway, I mean, obviously the internet exploded. And so what's yeah. been lovely and what we're here to sort of share in and talk about a little bit um, is Feministing um, started a... I, I don't think they started it. Um, I, I don't, someone else started it, but um, there's a, they've, they've definitely been hosting the, um, some of the amazing Feminist Hacker Barbie meme yeah, which Design. you can actually, I think you can submit your own here. I'm looking. Oh, at, uh, yeah, absolutely. Well, you can just look at the, like, Feminist Hacker Barbie is a, is a Instagram tag, Twitter tag. Like, you can just search the hashtag. Um, but even if not, like, obviously we'll put links up. But, man, there's so much good stuff in here. Here's one. Um, like, oh, this merge conflict is really bad, says Barbie. Why did they have to modify 50 files at once? Let me pour you some coffee. Then we'll pair on resolving it, big sister, says Skipper. Like, you know, easy, easy solutions. I like, there's one I saw earlier, too, which is like, Barbie is asking the boys to fix her problem for her. She passes them, Brian and Steven, a, a hard drive, which is really a CD-ROM. Oh, yes. Yeah. And I saw one earlier that was like, I have at least one version of it up here. Yeah. What the hell is this? A Blu-ray? What year are you guys living in? My code's on GitHub and the assets are in S3. You guys embarrass me. If you need a shuttle, I have USB 3 MSATA in my purse. At least it's read-write. And you guys call yourself geeks. You make Barbie sad. <laughs> you make Barbie sad. I love it. There's one that's like actually just code. <laughs> I really like it's tons of fun folks feminist hacker barbie get in there yeah did you um did you i mean did you play with barbies did you have sisters who played with barbies what's your uh, i definitely had sisters that played with barbies i played with them occasionally uh i had a lot of jurassic park toys that i spent most of my time playing with and making small jurassic park movies had uh, or have Technically, they are still in my parents' possession. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. We we were allowed Barbies. We were not in a in a fascist anti Barbie house. Um, not that it would be fascist, but that it's you know there are definitely like two kinds of households. And um, <clears throat> but uh, the thing was is like my mom had been really into them. Like my mom had Barbies from when from the sixties. Um, they were her like special creepy weird Barbies that we. I don't think we played with them, but we had sort of access to them. I think. And then um, we had some, but I I had or I have an older sister, a couple of years older, and she um, she seen, like she was really into it, and I was kind of just into whatever she was into by default, but. I always remember kind of like not really understanding what we were supposed to do with them. Like I was kind of like, okay, so they just kind of like walk around the house and like change and like get in the car and go somewhere and like 
Ken and Barbie make out and then they leave. Like, I don't, like, I wasn't, I could never sort of generate scripts for them. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so when my sister would get a call from her friend and like disappear, I would just be like, I'm just going to go read now. Or like, I'm just going to go watch family ties or something. (laughs) Like I would just sort of walk away. I couldn't play Barbies by myself. Maybe that's why I, I'm not a very good nonfiction writer, but just Barbie wasn't a, a tool for my imagination as a child. And, um, you know, but I don't remember being sort of force fed any like, remember, Barbie's not like a realistic portrayal of a woman. Like, I think even to me, that seemed pretty obvious, but I don't know. Yeah. <sighs> Barbie, it's complicated. <laughs> I don't think I would let my kids have Barbie, to be honest. And like, just because unless I was like, unless it was one of those situations where they really, really wanted it. And then I would, would be stuck like in they worship it secretly. And then you're stuck making it more special because they can't have it. But. I guess they can have it if I if it's very clear to them that she would immediately die. <laughs> Although maybe they fixed her proportions a bit. Her boobs don't look so big in this um, book. Um, yeah, I don't think they have on the actual dolls. Yeah, I haven't heard anything about that. I mean, even that it's still if they have, it's still ridiculous proportions. I like that she's wearing glasses on the cover of the book, <laughs> but only on the cover. <laughs> oh, well, that's how you know that she's smart. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay, well maybe we should wrap up that wrap up that Barbie and send her off to the toy museum. So, um, <laughs> so okay, so I'll just launch in then. Um, so we're here with uh, Carrie O'Gray, and Carrie, you're a longtime contributor to Sad Mag as a photographer. Um, you're definitely a friend of the magazine. Um, and we're here to talk about a trip that you recently took, which is apparently inspired by the suburbia issue of Sad Mag, which we love. It's very meta. Um, but first, I wanted to just hear a little bit more about you and have you introduce yourself a little bit. So what do you do for a job? Do um, you, or, I or with your am an elementary school teacher, and I'm also a master's student at UBC. Amazing. I did not know that. Um, that must mean that you spend a lot of time doing like highbrow reading and lowbrow reading. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and you're also a kick-ass photographer in the time where you're not being a teacher <laughs> and a master student. So, yeah. um, so tell me about that. Like, what's your connection to photography? When did you start taking pictures? So when I was growing up, my dad had a dark room in our so I actually started doing film photography and developing my own photos and film when I was about maybe 11 or 12. Awesome. Um, I also studied photography during my undergrad for my first couple of years. Mm-hmm. And then I kind of faded away from that for quite a long time and stopped taking photos, uh, especially stopped taking film photos. Mm. And then about five years ago, I bought another film camera and then it just like really brought back my love for for photography that I kind of started at a young age. And so do you have 8 million cameras or do you have one that you kind of use all the time or do you have sort of three? <laughs> like what's your sort of breakdown? I do have a lot of, of cameras, mm-hmm. um, but I do end up just using the same one over and over. For a long time I had a Pentax ME Super and that's what I, that was all I had for about three years there, mm-hmm. just with a 28 millimeter lens and yeah, I just, like, loved it to death, and then 
I recently bought a new camera off of my brother-in-law, which I've been loved to a Nikon. Um, I bought a digital camera actually for the first time in years recently, and I barely ever use it. <laughs> it's a totally different thing. It's just a different beast. I feel like it just does. Yeah. A, it makes a different thing. They're not. It's, you know, it's a totally different process for me, and it just doesn't have the same draw yeah. at all. Do you develop your own film now, or do you get it developed? I get it all developed now. Um, I was using the darkroom for a little while at uh, Raycam Community Center, but just it's <laughs> a very time-consuming process, and I just haven't had the time. And I've also been really into color photography for quite a while now, and that's not really possible to develop on your own unless you have like really specific facilities. Mm. So. Amazing. Yeah, my dad also had a dark room in our basement, and he he wasn't. I think the project was more he needed somewhere like safe to be when his daughters were teenagers, but um, <laughs> like in a place to escape. Yeah, like where you can lock the door and they can't come in. Um, <laughs> but uh, but you know, like looking at the pictures that he took back then, I think a lot of my aesthetic comes from him. Do you feel like you're influenced by your father's photography at all, or? Um, I think, like, when I was a kid, I was for sure, like, just even just having him get me started in photography in the first place, and also just always being really encouraging of my work, and mm -hmm. he still is, he follows me on Instagram now, and <laughs> loves to comment on my photos all the time, so awesome. I think in that way, he's been a big influence, um, I think our styles are quite different, and he's very into digital photography now, like, he sold all his film cameras, and, like, pretty much shut down the darkroom, so... Yeah. On pretty different paths that way. <laughs> mm. Okay, so now take me through take me through to 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 sort of recently. So you contributed to the suburbia issue. You had wh where were the pictures that you took, or what kind of trip was that like? That um... Um, they were actually all different um, places. The photos I contributed. So one of them was at Slocan Lake in the Kootenays. Um, one of them was in um, Richmond. So just in Steveston in Richmond. Mm -hmm. Uh, one was from Ayoko Village, which is kind of this like abandoned little village in Port Moody. Mm -hmm. And then one of them was from a trip I took up north this summer. And like, let me pause actually. So where did you grow up? Like where, where's home home for you? Um, I grew up in Mission, which is about an hour from Vancouver. Yeah. Okay. So, so kind of like finding weird, cool, beautiful places to be in nature and take rad pictures is kind of your jam. Like that's not... Like, mm -hmm. the suburbia issue is sort of, like, up your alley, really. You know, because I, I didn't grow up here at all. I, I kind of moved out here for university. So even just understanding kind of where Port Moody is is usually is kind of more of a recent uh, addition to my kind of mental <laughs> geography of the Lower Mainland. Yeah. And so that's part of what was really fun about going on this suburban road trip that, that some of us did and then and then just getting all of those different contributions and reading the issue. Uh, like, it's just... A, it's just fun to remember that this is like a pretty giant chunk of land and there's lots of different cities and, and there's mm -hmm. a lot of different opportunities to escape. And so for me, I don't necessarily think of, you know, I, I just don't know all of the like nooks and crannies and spots and lakes and lookouts and beaches and all that stuff that mm -hmm. people who sort of grew up in this, this neck of the woods kind of have a better sense of. Yeah. And, you know, I, like I've gotten like a way more of a, a chance to explore um, like BC as a whole since I became a teacher about four years ago just because I have two months off every summer and I had to buy a car for my job and so 
that opened up sort of a whole new world for me. Like I'd never had a car up until then. Did you get a Costco membership immediately? <laughs> I didn't. I still don't have one. <laughs> I just feel like they should give out Costco membership. Like it should be like you buy a car or you like whatever, rent a car and then you, and then you get your ICBC and then you get your Costco membership. I don't know. I think there should be a deal. What are some, where are some of the places you went this summer? Um, so this summer I actually went all the way up to near um, Smithers. Mm-hmm. Wow. So that's about 1200 kilometers north of Vancouver. Oh, uh, so I went up there with some friends actually to, this is a whole other story, but to participate in this um, sort of action camp at a, at a pipeline blockade. Um, so that road trip itself was just incredible because it was like, two days of driving with some good friends and stopping along the way and seeing a lot of really beautiful places that I'd never been before. Amazing. Yeah. And where else did I go this summer? I took a couple of road trips actually to Karameas, which is like maybe five hours east of here. Mm-hmm. And so kind of you go through the mountains and then you end up in the, in the Okanagan, so sort of a desert area. Yeah, it's like I'm always pretty amazed at BC in general, just like no matter where you go, the, the landscape changes so quickly and no matter which direction you go, you're going to hit something incredibly beautiful. So that's part of the inspiration for my photography. Mm. I think that comes through. I think that's easy to say. Hey, is there, I mean, other than your Instagram, is there a place where your photography is collected or where some of your favorites, like, do you have a, a blog or a um, kind of... Web- I'm like trying to get an actual website together at the moment. I just have my Tumblr, so it's just com. Okay, we'll put a link up. Not very expensive, though. (laughs) I hear you. Instagram is definitely my biggest portfolio right now. Yeah, that's not so unusual. Yeah, I I understand. So, okay, so now fast forward back to the, the, the issue. So you, you know, you got your issue, and then you were in walk me through so you were inspired by the issue and then you went on another road trip or like what mainly the one article about um, Malcolm Island mm-hmm. I really loved like I loved the writing and I really loved her photographs that she took of, mm-hmm. of her time there I think it was someone who did a residency there mm-hmm. um, and I also was just really fascinated by the history of Suintula which is like this old uh, Finnish uh, utopian village so in the early 20th century, people came there and, like, tried to create this utopic society, which sort of failed. But, <laughs> um, yeah, I was just really fascinated by that history. Um, and then a few weeks later, one of my friends actually texted me and asked if I wanted to go up to Malcolm Island. She's also a photographer. And I was like, yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> so how long does it take to get up there? Um, so you have to go to the island, and then it's about a five-hour drive north from Nanaimo. So it's... It's pretty involved. Yeah, I'll say. It's like, a long ways. It's like basically off the north tip-ish of Vancouver Island. Yeah. It's almost as far north as you can go on the island. And then you take a little ferry. Hmm. Um, and then right beside Malcolm Island is um, Alert Bay. I'm not sure what that island is called. Maybe Comment Island or something. Um, which we didn't actually end up making it to, but I would really like to as well. It's got a totally different history and seems like a really interesting place as well. And so how long were you there for? Uh, we went for, like, the whole trip itself was a, maybe four days. Mm-hmm. We just went over a long weekend recently. Right on. And do you have photos from that already up on your, already developed and, and yeah. in the mix? Yeah, they're, all, they're mixed up in there. <laughs> right on. Do you have any kind of, like, plans for your photography? Have you ever had a show or are, are you planning a show at any time? Or um, 
well, I mean, <laughs> never really, like, been a serious consideration for me just because photography's always been a side project. Um, but I think it would be something really interesting for me. Like, I would want to actually shoot for a show, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. kind of as a project to go out and create a series that would work together as a show instead of just sort of arbitrarily choosing photos that I've already taken. I don't know. I think just anything that sort of challenges me or forces me to, to try something new, I really appreciate. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, photography's never been, like, a source of income for me or, like, it's always kind of something I have to fit into my schedule. So. Well, I mean, I mean, other than the costs associated with framing, I mean, I would, I would, I don't know, maybe this shows how inexperienced I am in the kind of world of art, but I don't, I almost <laughs> think of a show not so much as like an opportunity to make money or to go commercial, but just an opportunity, like just a, a performance, like an opportunity mm -hmm. to get your work seen and, and engage with other people who might be interested in the kind of work you do rather than a kind of move into professionaldom I don't know maybe that's just me but but um what I was going to ask was is there are there any spaces where being a teacher or where your studies um your master's studies overlap with photography like are there any opportunities for you to take pictures with your kids or like is that something that you're working on in your research even yeah, tangentially I mean that's like a big question for me right now actually is sort of how those things connect and I think they always connect in my mind, maybe not always in my practice. Um, but I am right now sort of, I'm trying to figure out my research topic for my thesis, and I know it's going to have something to do with documentary practices, which is pretty influenced by photography for me. Mm -hmm. um, my interest in that topic in general. Um, yeah, and with education, it's obviously like always on my mind to sort of use documentary practices with my students and also sort of share my love of creative processes in general. I think that really does inform my teaching practice a lot. Mm. Um, so what grades do you teach? Uh, I generally teach intermediate grades, so that's grades four to seven. Right now I work on call, though, so I, I teach anything that I get called for. Fun. So you must be just beginning your master's then? Is this the first term? or This is my first term officially, yeah. How's it going? <laughs> it's good. I have I have a lot of due dates coming up in the next few days, so it's a little <laughs> bit crazy right now. It's hard to think objectively about it, but yeah. yeah, it's actually been a really amazing experience where I can sort of like mix my love of photography and documentary practices in general with all the other things I love. Like it's really a really nice experience so far. I'm so happy for you. That's so great. I'm <laughs> It's always my worst nightmare when people make the big commitment to apply for grad school and then get into grad school and they're kind of like, wow, this is not really what I wanted. <laughs> it's like <laughs> the worst possible scenario. And it's no, so, I love it's it. been, yeah, it's a perfect fit for me, actually. It's, I really love it. Oh, that's great to hear. Okay, well, I think we can probably like kind of organically end it there. Um, we'll put links in our... Um, in our Tumblr to your um, website and also to your Instagram somehow, although that doesn't work super well, but we'll put your um, username or your, what's it called? Yeah, like username. Uh, handle. Handle. That's what it is. It's like a nicer word, handle. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, your handle, your login, <laughs> your Insta name um, up there, which is just for the fun of it, for people who are listening and don't ever want to go to the Tumblr, it's quite a few things. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Which is lovely. It, do you want? Is there any like little story behind that, or or did that just kind of There's occur quite to you? Quite a few things. Yeah. 
Uh, for me, it was like, uh, actually, my Tumblr used to be called uh, um, So Many Things. <laughs> I think it's just sort of like, uh, the story is just like how many different things I'm really excited about, I guess. It's like, yeah, so many things to be stoked about. <laughs> oh, I like it. I like it. Um, yeah, but that was taken on Instagram, so I had to go with quite a few things. <laughs> um, well, thank you very much for your time. You're... Yeah busy time and uh yeah thanks so much for for joining me yeah thanks Jack. you have fun cool okay oh i should throw to a song this week what song should i throw to um i have an idea i'm gonna throw to not a new song at all but an old song by the band called best coast and it's the song called happy which is such a great song and i've been listening to it all week because i've been very happy For our third segment, uh, <laughs> Procrastination Station. Naturally, the last segment. Maybe this goes without saying, maybe all people are, maybe all creatives are, but like, I am not one of these people who gets up at eight in the morning and is like, ah, or like six or seven in the morning and is like, hmm, let me just do my morning pages and then I'll go and do a little bit of yoga on the roof and then I'll go run around the block and then I'll come and sit down and write really conscientiously for two hours and then like make lentils and then you know like reorganize the shelves and then like go to my volunteer gig like I just push work away as far as it can get unless it's something I totally love working on in which case usually I will just do it because I like it and then I won't want to do anything that I'm supposed to do or that I owe anyone else or whatever. But inevitably, even in a class or a project that you like, there's some component where you're like, I don't want to do that part. And so you push it off. Well, I'm going to leave this off with, with a story that I think pretty, pretty well captures what my, what my mindset was in university and where I did very well. Uh, And I am very capable of digging in and doing things and, you know, meeting and beating deadlines, but Right. I was in a class, which I enjoyed very much. It was, uh, you know, a historical critical analysis of music um, and sort of the, like, globalization of music and so on and so forth. A communications course about music, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and as we were gearing up for the final paper, uh, our professor, 
who was also my TA, was very, very clear, you know, you guys, this is a big paper. Um, you're not going to be able to write it in one night. You know, he's like, you've got to research ahead of time. You've got to, you know, do all this. You've got to write it ahead of time and do a couple drafts. It's like, I'll be able to tell if you don't that's do this. Such, that's such a throwdown. That's such a challenge. Right? <laughs> yeah. And I was like, of course, he's telling something that, of course, that's true for most people. But no. Excellent <laughs> advice as a present. My head immediately, I go, as I'm like nodding, yeah, no, I totally get this. I understand. Sure. Yeah. I'm going to get on this right away. You know, doing that nod mm-hmm. in class nod. In my head, all I can think is challenge accepted. Exactly. <laughs> I got an A plus on that paper. <laughs> Did you do it the night before? Uh, I had researched some ahead of time, mostly because I was had to watch some movies for it. And I just, right. you know, watching four movies in my usual like energy drink fueled night before writing spree <laughs> this was about so the research i did before but i wrote it all in one sitting nicely uh, done yeah it was uh, this one goes to 11 authenticity in the rockumentary a plus paper <laughs> <laughs> which also this is my favorite pushed me up uh, to the point where i got onto the dean's list whoa hey but, but, yeah so <laughs> might be a master of the uh, procrastination the night before paper well it's you know for those of us who are blessed and privileged enough to have been born with a certain amount of access and freedom and time and encouragement to like coast on our laurels (laughs) we it's very difficult to stop doing that and though i mean that's certainly the case for me which is that i uh i graduated (laughs) university and my my big like hurrah was like never gotta see like because I, you know, I just sort of coasted along in the A-ish, B-ish, and the odd B-minus, which is really like, actually like a 68 or a 69. But it's just like, sometimes I was like, I don't give a shit about this class, and I'll just do the best I can to get through it. And sometimes I really cared. And it, the classes where I really cared, my great, my marks were great, because I just gave a shit and showed up and read the stuff and wrote the papers, like, you know, as in life, you know. But in university, there's so much of just sort of do I want to do this? Do I, I just have to do it? Blah. Ugh. Um, my favorite story of trying to get out of uh, writing a final exam was in my first year of university. I took Spanish 100 and technically I think it was a midterm because I think it was a six credit class, but um, it had the feeling of being a final and uh, I was totally not ready. And it just so happened that I um, at that time was still dating boys. It was the very end of that period. Mm-hmm. And, and I had a like whoopsie, whoopsie daisy, like condom moment and then had to go take the morning after pill and then felt so sick slash was so stoked to not have to like have a really good excuse for missing the final (laughs) so I got like a doctor's note for missing the final because I was like extremely nauseous and feeling gross and stressed out Mm -hmm. and um so I had like a full extra four weeks to prep for this final but then when it came around again I was like totally not ready hadn't really prepared wrote it probably no better than I would have had I written it that day I'm not saying that I took the pill just to skip the final (laughs) I didn't but like had I just pushed through and taken it I wouldn't have had four extra weeks of stress worrying about how I was going to do while simultaneously not actually preparing and studying que pasa I don't know I've never pursued extensions because I oh dude you are missing a trick (laughs) 
I am no, all I about the extension. It would just be like another four weeks of me not doing the work and then doing it in the one night again anyways. I mean, that is what happens. But so, for example. That said, I've, I've lived with someone uh, who was all about these. So like, I, he must oh have gotten an extension for every class. Yeah. I know. Because like, all you have to do is ask. You don't even need a really good reason if you no. go in an like, advance. You just be like, I got other papers. Yeah. Can I get or an like, yeah, I'm depressed. You know, yeah. every like that's pretty like it's easy to be depressed in university. It's like easy to have anxiety overcome you, even if that's not your natural state. So there's that. Yeah. Medical reasons is a great kind of like trump card. But um, no, just yesterday I had a paper due and like I legitimately had time set aside to write this paper. Like I had pretty much sort of like way more time than I really needed reserved and I just like fucking stared the clock down. Like I opened up tabs. I I had a broad, I had the Word document open, didn't start typing anything like for basically two and a half days. So at two o'clock on the day that it's due to be handed in at 6.30, I mailed my prof who, bless her heart, like is such a sweetheart and totally is like a fan of mine, even though I think that's crazy. And like, not that I'm trying, like I'm not trying to manipulate her, but she just seems to sort of like me. <laughs> so it's, <laughs> difficult not to sort of lean on that so I was kind of like I couldn't help but notice that this paper is only worth 20% of the final mark and though I'm willing to just forfeit that in order to not write it um I don't want to disappoint you so may I please like write something else that is not a paper because I just don't want to write a paper and I suck at it and I'm not an academic anymore and I don't really care to be but I but I could totally write something interesting that is related to the story like I would prefer to write an essay based on it's a I'm taking a romantic comedy class like it couldn't possibly yeah. be more appropriate for me to write a paper about this stuff you know like the the paper I designed was like comparing teeny a tiny furniture and Francis Ha as like New York narratives of young white women in their 20s kind of like exploding the ingenue like that was going to be my paper like that would be a good paper like I could totally write that paper but I just don't fucking want to <laughs> and so I'm not going to and she was like yeah no problem just get, just get me something else and do it quickly so I have like now a couple more days I'm gonna make myself write it tomorrow um to do a kind of like how their work inspires my work kind of story which is like I can rattle off an essay no problem like I wrote a column for two year, two-ish years in Japan, and I would pretty much always do them the night before they were due. I uh, I also in my final semester took a film course uh, similar, not quite the same as on Bollywood films. That would be a course I, I would honestly like to can't take. remember what I wrote either of my papers. I'm like I must have just been <sighs> in a fugue state writing them. <laughs> I did well. So. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing, though, right? Like, for me, these classes are just, like, personal enrichment. You know, like, I'm not chasing mm -hmm. another degree. I'm not after my marks. I'm not even after, like, eventually doing some kind of master's. Like, I'm not interested in that at all. I'm just taking it because the subject matter interests me and because, like, I'm interested in learning sort of how yeah. people, you know, curate a, a course on the subject and, you know, what I what I think I know and what I don't know and, like, how these films look together. Like, for example... I would have never considered her being on a romantic comedy, like Spike Jones's her being on a romantic comedy syllabus, but it was, it was our final film. And I realized how similar it is to Lars and the Real Girl, which was also on our syllabus. And like, although there are lots of differences, like there's lots of really interesting ways in those two movies can be compared. And that's like, that's the fun part of that class for me. It's yeah. just sort of just thinking about films kind of in context with each other and 
how they're the same and how they're different. And that's, you know, that's fun. Like, that's cool. That's why I did it. But I'm not, I don't, I'm not saying that I wouldn't learn from writing a paper. I would probably, but I just don't want to. And at the end of the day, there's only so much energy a person has. So do you, do you have any specific like tips for the late night? Right. So here's the other thing. So I grew up in a family where we were not allowed to work on homework after a certain time. Like we had bedtimes and we were taught from a young age, like you do your work before bedtime or you don't do your work, like, or your work doesn't get done. And so I never grew up with the idea of like, you can stay up to finish your work no matter how much you have, because you have to do it for tomorrow. And like, let's sit down and do it together. Like nothing like that. And so actually my entire life, I've never been able to do an all nighter because I just get tired. Like, I don't know how. Uh, (laughs) So, I mean, what is different is that I am a night owl. So I can, I kind of come alive at about nine or 10 and then I'll be um, fairly clear and lucid and like productive until about one thirty or two, maybe two thirty. But then I get tired and there's no, there's nothing good coming out of me once I'm tired. Like uh-huh. it's sort of, you just pack it up. But then there's also no getting up early and working. Like I feel like my, I feel like I'm 33 years old and pretty much every single day of the last, I don't know, 13, 14 years, I've sort of gotten up. I've gone to bed thinking tomorrow morning, I'm going to get up early and do the creative thing. <laughs> and then every morning I just, I press snooze instead. <laughs> So that's me. But, um, but yeah, so I, I don't know. I mean, I would say I personally, I need a clear desk. Like I need really nothing else in my visual range that's going to distract me or pull me in. So whether that's taking everything into a giant box or a pile and just shoving it in another room or like dealing with all of the shit and the paper and the stuff, like, which is usually what I do. There's that. Um, I'm a person who also, and this is like the Japan influence, but I'm a person who also drinks like copious amounts of decaf green tea. Uh So for me, and that I drink that hot or cold. So for me, that's kind of like always on tap (laughs) for when I'm working. But uh, yeah, I just try to keep everything clear, put the phone away. My favorite sound always for my entire university degree was that sound of that staple when you're like, it's printed and then you go click and then you're like, yeah, I'm done. (laughs) Stapled. That's the best. Um, I'm got weird OCD stuff. Right. Uh, Some of it with numbers. So Mm -hmm. I have a, a constant word count checker. Um, of course. To the point where I will know when I have reached halfway. Wow. At which point I will take a break. Nice. <laughs> halfway break. Call it a brain break where I'll either do something just like minus like watch an episode of TV yep. or, you know, just go for a walk around the block. Might yep. be four in the morning when I do that. But Nice. Yeah, uh, yeah. I used to smoke when I was in university and that, I found that was actually a really great um, break maker. Cause it's just a short little break, you know, and I don't feel like I need those breaks as much now that I don't, that I quit smoking. But, um, I think when I used to think that smoking made me creative, what I didn't realize was that taking breaks and taking deep breaths is what makes you creative. <laughs> like just having a break and like shifting your thing, thinking a little bit, and especially kind of literally just going <sighs> for five yeah, minutes. Is... You just need to take like a step back and then come at it with, fresh eyes yeah exactly some people do that by you know writing it over the period of two weeks like a Mm, like a (laughs) nice smart sensible person would do yeah Yeah. an organized a sensible person that's exactly yeah i never understood people who did assignments early they're always like well i'm gonna be busy i'm like or you just don't do anything and then like screech like you're being sucked into a black hole with your heels digging into the ground as you approach (laughs) the deadline and like you're like 
falling and like grabbing your hands backwards in your life like scratching so that you don't drown like that's kind of how i that's my style yeah i would say i feel way more relaxed during the time you know if i only have to be super stressed for like five days out of the semester yeah and i get to be super relaxed the rest of the time yeah perfect right i mean come on i miss being a student sometimes like not (laughs) not for all of the like serious the, not because of the feeling of always having something you're supposed to be doing, but just because it's such a fun gig to be learning and like listening to people and meeting new people and yeah, reading expanding your things. stuff and yeah, just conferences and I don't know. That's a nice. That's a nice thing to do with your time. It's a it's shame sure, that it it's so expensive. Yes. Yeah. Oh, <sighs> I'd still be in school if it was free. Right. Ugh, Germany. I'd be on my like fourth degree. Yeah. I'm a paleontologist, English major, communications person, and I don't know. Okay, maybe only three degrees are interesting to me. Who knows? Yeah, whatever. I'm sure you'd find something else to throw in the mix. I remember when UBC kicked off their like their like um, wine wine program. You could take. There was talk of being able to do your science credit for undergrad in the like sommelier class. (laughs) <laughs> where you just did wine tasting i was like that's fucking genius it's pretty great yeah i heard the trick that i heard was that if you did earth and ocean sciences by distance it was like way easier than actually taking the class but distance learning is and jackie do not go well together because yeah, not not a fan no external i mean there's deadlines but there was no kind of external pressure and oh that sucked and no one there to explain I don't get it. Yeah, anyway. Well, so good luck to everybody out there who's suffering with exam season. a clear desk. (laughs) Yeah, energy drinks. Two energy drinks. Or some decaf green tea, whatever. Um, Or coffee, which is like the more normal choice, I think. Uh, I feel like I should just take a moment to say that you shouldn't drink two energy drinks because I'm pretty sure that's like against doctor recommendations to drink yeah, yeah. more than one in a 24-hour period. Uh, so don't do what I do. Uh, <laughs> do as I say. Yeah. I hear you. Assignments ahead of time. Yeah, exactly. Be a sensible be, person. Be a sensible, responsible adult. Yeah, and put away money for your retirement while you're at it. Yeah, please. <laughs> I don't even know what an RSP. I mean, I do, but I don't. Ugh. Let's not even talk about that. Did I tell you that my taxes, so I've had nothing but trouble with the taxes over the past few years. And so I filed my taxes, got a huge refund, which is awesome. Went to New York, spent it all, came back. Two months later, I got another letter. They're like, we've recalculated and like, now you owe us. But it was only like a couple hundred bucks. I was like, ugh, okay, fine. And so then I send it off to the guy that did my taxes and he's like, oh yeah, this is normal. Like, do you have all of your bus passes from last year? I was like, fuck no. Like I have like two of them maybe. And so I, you know, photocopy them or whatever and send them in and they're like, yep, nope. But then it goes in and that thing gets sorted out but then something else gets recalculated and I get more money back. And I'm just like, wait, what? Like, this is kind of fun like do you guys want to check me again like i don't know what's going on right now and then i mail my account back he's like yeah that happens i'm like like why like why does that happen like who's the expert here like like is it really like a roll of the dice how much money i get back like it seems like it should be pretty technical and pretty like clear but it's not it's just a weird thing anyway i don't know that was a dumb tangent but 
Well, we should wrap up the show. I uh, want to encourage everyone to go and grab the Suburbia issue. It's almost Christmas. And so um, just like every year, we'll probably run some kind of beautiful, unmissable, fantastic promotion to buy. Honestly, buying a subscription to Sad Mag for a loved one is a really great gift because the subscription price is a huge deal on the um, ticket price. Um, and just due to the cost of printing and all of that kind of jazz, like inevitably we'll probably have to continue to increase the ticket price of the magazine. I don't want to scare you, but it's probably true. And, uh, but the, but the subscription price is kind of like our lovely reward to the people who are happy to, to commit to the mag. And, um, although we're a quarterly, like typically we do a double issue so that because it's a volunteer gig, we try to sort of double up an issue every season so that there's sort of three actually a year but honestly like every single if you haven't ever actually seen sad mag every single person who's ever put it in their hands is like wow like what is this like who makes this like what's the deal with this because it's a pretty beautiful magazine with like great stories and great photography and great art and it's just made with love and i think people can really tell so we're really proud of it and we hope that um, that you like it and our content isn't too too zany that you can't give it to your parents for Christmas <laughs> or whatever. I mean, every once in a while there's a booby, but uh, you know, there hasn't been like a bloody, like gore-lesque booby in, a, in a, just over a year. <laughs> so uh, yeah, we should be okay. Yeah, I mean, and your parents are hipper than you think they are. It's so. true. They did fornicate and create you probably. Yeah. So let's keep that in mind. As one of my favorite or professors keep it out of mind, but... once said to the horror of a first-year class. What did he said something to that extent? Yeah, well, what he actually what he said was, uh, communication is about conversations. Everything started with a conversation. You started with a conversation. Your parents had to talk before they fucked. Oh, <laughs> and everybody's like, Mah. everyone's like, oh my god, he said the f word. <laughs> and then he ragged oh, on the, all the people that were shocked. Yeah, yeah, bless. Yeah, I mean, you know, spread holiday cheer, even if you don't uh, celebrate the Christmas. It's a great time of the year to like get a new magazine subscription. It's the new year. <laughs> The yeah. next issue is going to be the cat issue, which will be coming out. It'll be published this year, um, but it'll probably hit mailboxes in January. Holy shit, this one's going to be fun. It's like it's all the, shaping up all the crazy cat content you ever wanted and ever dreamed about. Whew. I'm back editing it with Michelle, and it's really, really fun. And I'm dying to get Darren in there. He will be in that issue. <laughs> he will be there. Maybe he'll be the cover cat. I sadly don't think that I have even as a co-editor-in-chief the poll to get him on the cover, but he'll be in there somewhere. He'll probably be in the editor letter. I mean, it's not exactly Sad Mag related, but there's a ton of Sad Mag people in the Kingsgate Chorus, and they're having a show on December 14th, um, so folks should come out for that. That's going to be, you know, just look on the internet for information about that, or we'll put a link to it in the thing. What other fun stuff's coming up? Oh, we're having our next... Uh... <laughs> really super important fundraiser show like these shows i can't tell you how important they are for you guys to fans of sad Mag to come out um because that's how we print the magazine is funds raised from these shows at the cobalt so the next diva show is missy elliott december 6th at the cobalt um 
definitely try to get there before 10 um, because it gets really packed and then you have to wait and nobody wants to wait in the cold and the rain in December in Vancouver. There will be some extra special performers. <laughs> there will be some extra special performers including myself. I will be making my drag debut as Jax Hoff and uh, doing this, the number Work It with a few of my friends as backup performers. It's gonna be nutty. That's all I'm gonna say about that. But uh, yeah, there's gonna be a million other beautiful performers and you know, drag show, it's fun. Just go and drink and be merry and dance. Yeah. You'll probably be able to find uh, a sad Meg booth at any, it's some markets or blim. events going exactly. around. Exactly. Yeah, blim. blim is coming up again and there's probably several more and oh my goodness. Yeah, if so you don't like uh, Sad Meg on Facebook, like get your shit over there and like that stuff. Cause... Um, okay, so we will hopefully try to get another one in the can um, for December. Um, basically, the real deal is like just logistically and money-wise, we can really only afford to kind of put together two of them <laughs> per month. Um, but we, I'd love to get another one in before the end of the year, but I'm not 100% sure that we will. I might be recording and reporting live from Calgary where I will be over Christmas. And uh, otherwise, yeah, I mean, we'll be back bright eyed and bushy tailed in January. But um, thanks for listening, everyone. And um, yeah, merry, happy, and stay safe and have fun and all that stuff. Bye, everybody. Bye. I still don't have a very good sign up. We, I really, like, really want to think about, like, sit down and be like, I'm going to have a coffee and think about a good sign. We should just, like, meet for coffee or drinks or something and be like, we're not getting out of here until we get a good sign up. It's the toughest thing. It is, but it's worth it. I mean, I almost think that the outro is like, ugh, I need an outro, or like, ugh, bye. Like, every time it's just like, ugh, bye. <laughs> it's sort of becoming the thing, I don't know. Ugh, okay, well, that's enough recording. Alrighty. Bye.